Hello, and thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hereabouts Asian American Midwest Radio. Hereabouts is produced by WFHB and Indiana University's Asian Culture Center. We ask critical questions about identity, community, and shared assumptions. We air every other Wednesday from 5.30 to 6.30 in the evening. My name is Ming Wang, and I'm a senior at IU and a staff at the Asian Culture Center. Today, we are joined by Toya Moss, the Safe and Civil Director at the Bloomington City Government, to talk about their role in the community, IU, and the student experience. So, hi, Toya. Thank you for joining me in this really early. <laughs> Good morning, Ming. Yes, I agree. It is very early, but I'm excited to be here and excited to be a part of this. I feel like these types of programs are really important um, when doing community and campus connections. So, again, thank you for inviting me. Thank you. So could you tell me about, I guess, your background and how you got involved in Bloomington City Government? Absolutely. It was like a slippery slope. Uh, (laughs) I think there is really no perfect route into getting into city government, nor do I think any child at the age of 10 is like, you know what, one day I'm going to work in city government. Um, Definitely far from my dream. I wanted to be an anesthesiologist, but I actually was working at a nonprofit, um, Girls Inc. Incorporated in Monroe County. Um, And that's kind of where I found my passion for helping people and making strategic change. I did a lot of program planning as the athletic director and the events um, coordinator for the center. Uh, My time at Canada came to an end at that agency and in a quest to find something very similar, but also continue to do impact work. There was an opening at the city as an interim for the safe and civil city director. And I kind of just jumped right in and I immediately fell in love with it. So what is the safe and civil director? Um, Could you explain about what goes into that? Absolutely. So I always give two definitions. I always tell people, do you want the short definition or you want like the full bodied definition? Because you're right. It's one of those things like, what is that? That's a weird title. So again, yes, my title is the Safe and Civil City Director. I work in the Community and Family Resources Department for the city of Bloomington. The short answer is I help people. (laughs) Very generalized. I just help people. Uh, The long answer is I work in inclusion, diversity, equity, community response, community education, and gap work. So what that means is I look at things from all sides and I get the opportunity to talk directly to community members, ask them, how would you like to be celebrated? What is it that we're missing? What is it that you want? I also get to look at issues in our community, both on a national level and a local level. So if there is some type of distress amongst, you know, a national um, something, there's Sometimes, most and often, we have local residents who are either from that state or identify with that culture or that background, and they want to do something, you know, locally here to support it. And that's my role. I help get that information. I help, you know, cultivate those ideas. I help bring community members into city hall so that way they feel empowered and we're able to execute ideas and programming and initiatives. On top of that, I am also the liaison to the Commission on Status of Black Males and the liaison to the Commission on Status of Children and Youth, and the liaison to the Sister Cities, and the liaison to the LGBTQ plus community. So on any given day, if you can't guess already, I do not work a nine to five like most people, just because I enjoy it, but it also allows me, like I said, to kind of hit the ground running and to kind of meet people where they are and allow them to have a say in how they thrive in this community. So again, that that was a very long answer, and I'm happy no. to expand on any part of that. 
No, it just sounds like you have a lot of responsibilities. So, so, so yeah. answer is warranted. <laughs> um, so you say when you work with the community and given that I use a huge component of Bloomington, mm-hmm. um, what do you work? I guess, what, what do you do specifically with IU? Oh, I do it all. I love to do things with IU. It is, you know, part of this ecosystem of Bloomington. When you think of some of the big places here, IU is obviously one of those in that top five, you know, that brings new bodies into the community. We like to try to merge the town and gown as much as possible. So what I like to do is actually I'll attend campus events support events put on by students, put on other faculty that I have close relationships with, like the culture centers. And I like to get those students involved. It could be involved in a volunteer situation for the city. It can say, hey, come to this event. I think you would find it really beneficial. If they're an artist or a performer, I like to hire them. I also like to give people internships. I feel like get experience where you are and also learn while you are, you know, in this stage of being in college, because um, it gives your your world a broader view. I really kind of take that as a mission to say, hey, let me invite you kind of past these these borders per se and, and show you that we actually have a TJ Maxx. Have you ever been out here? <laughs> or we have these other things <laughs> that you might actually find interesting, even if you didn't really know that it existed. And IU does a great job at supplying students with their, you know, basic needs. But I think that community-wide has so much more to offer. Um, And so, like I said, I like to support by bringing students off campus, by also going to student events, working together, definitely in collaboration. I've collaborated with multiple culture centers and multiple groups. I think the most previous group I collaborated with was the Black Graduate Student Association. We did the Black History Month Black Market together where we were able to highlight Black businesses and we brought that program into City Hall and we invited both student Black businesses and organizations as well as community Black businesses and organizations. And just within that program itself, we were able to have people meet and you know, be introduced to each other, which they've never had the opportunity to. So I really enjoyed that part of my work because it's kind of just like opening up new eyes. Even if you've been here, you say you're a senior, you've been here for now at least four years. And it's still kind of still very new when students still come off campus and kind of get engaged with other community members. Yeah, definitely. I don't see myself going out into the community that much, mostly just because IU has just so much stuff within its own four corners. I, I guess speaking of that, Toya, did I see you at the uh, afternoon chai event? Yes. Yeah. And that's a prime example. Um, I love supporting Melanie and Sarah. I think some of their programs and initiatives are some of the best that IU has to offer in that program within itself. One, it was delicious. Um, and you also learn something. I don't think that you can ever stop learning. And then I got to see so many people that I've also already worked with and engaged. So it's almost like a mini family reunion. I don't get to see these people often because, yeah, most of my time I'm, you know, around the city. But the professors and students, obviously, kind of IU is their core. So it's just really nice just to kind of go and be a part of a program and just kind of enjoy and see how other people operate. And I kind of forgot, I, I didn't really talk about what this event um, was, but the Asian Culture Center has quite a few events, especially this month um, around the Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So we're hosting a bunch of events like um, a film festival and guest speakers. So yeah, for this event, we brought in Afternoon Chai. I think they're from Indy. I guess just a plug. Um, you can find a lot of our events just on our website at IUACC. 
I will say, I know that you all have a healthy lineup of events, I think all the way out to April 13th. Um, <laughs> Cause I already have some pinned in my calendar yeah. um, and I'm actually really excited. So for next year, the kickoff for Asian American Heritage Month will actually be a collaboration between the city and the center. And it will be at the Buskirk Chumley. And we've already started the planning for that. So this was a kind of a great way to kind of see what was happening now. Hopefully I didn't give anything away, but <laughs> well, this, it's like, just a sneak preview. Yeah. yeah, it's a sneak preview, but I'm excited. Going back, uh, backtracking, but, but you talked about some of the work you do with other culture centers. So could you expand on that a little bit? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I will say like in my whole department, the community family resources department, it's, it's kind of in the name. We work with community, we work with family and we definitely do a lot of resource work, but we also are really like privileged in a way that we get to celebrate people. Um, and I say celebration in culture, gender, age, you name it. We house a lot of the commissions that focus on diversity. I'm over the Commission of Status of Black Males as well as Commission of Status Children and Youth, which those two commissions right there are vastly different, but also very impactful in this community. Um, I have colleagues that also staff the Commission on Status of Women, the Commission on Status of Aging, you know, Commission on Hispanic and Latino Affairs. So that right there, those commissions within themselves generate anywhere from two to eight programs or initiatives or some type of celebration. So the culture centers are always a great hub to start at because, you know, these are the places that community members, um, especially students, will go to first if they're new to Bloomington and if they identify with a particular background or what have you. So, for example, with the um, no Marshall Black Culture Center. I get the privilege to working with Dr. Howe and her amazing team on Black History Month initiatives, Juneteenth initiatives, pretty much anything on the spectrum of black and brown bodies and celebrations in that manner. Um, with Lillian at La Casa, we do the Blacky Brown Arts Festival. We do Fiesta del Otoño. Um, so again, I look at them as the subject experts, especially when it comes to the student body, because it's one thing to say, you know, you're identify as black or Asian or Indian or LGBT or trans. It's not my role to dictate how you should be celebrated. I want to hear from you how you would like to be celebrated. Um, and it's just been amazingly easy using these people in these positions that care so much about their students to, you know, go to them and say, okay, what can we do? What can we do as a city? What can we do as a community? How can I support the initiatives you have going on? And how can we get these students, you know, feeling more like, you know, Bloomington community members? Because at the end of the day, they are, they're not just students. Yeah. They also live and work and thrive in Bloomington. Even if you are just on the inside of campus, you're still in Bloomington. We want to make sure that you feel like you belong here because you do. And sometimes we do have to kind of do those one-off uh, pieces um, like the No Space for Hate March rally or the Anti-Asian Hate rally. So those types of things um, I also get caught on for, which again, they're important initiatives. Um, you want people to feel heard. You want people to feel validated. And I am more than happy to throw my hat in to say, yeah, let me help you. Let me support you. Let me figure out the best way to make sure that students feel safe. They feel heard. So it's it's kind of a really great partnerships that we have built over time. And we understand, you know, how the other operates, but 
I will say they are all great. Same thing, Melanie and Sarah. Don't want to leave them out. Um, I know the powwow just took place. I'm always excited to go to that because I think it's like one of the more, more beautiful celebrations. I just love it. I, I literally, it's almost like a party every month for me, <laughs> but just different cultures. And I think that's the, probably the coolest thing. So yeah, you mentioned the the Asian heat rally um, that went on. I think like about two months ago. Um, could you talk a bit about like what caused that? So there was this attack in Bloomington on mm-hmm. an IU student of Asian race. Um, so could you talk about what the city response to that was, especially since it occurred on the city bus? Yeah, absolutely. So Mayor Hamilton did make a statement and that information is public and can be researched. So the Bloomington Transit obviously have taken some precautions and safety measures and they are a good resource to reach out to as far as, you know, kind of knowing exactly what those things are. I don't have all the information and details just due to the fact that I don't work directly in that department. Like I said, the city takes very seriously these types of things like, you know, we don't want anyone to be fearful of going out into the community. We work very hard and diligently to make sure that safety measures are put into place. But, you know, when these things do happen, we want to make sure that we act fast and we act efficiently, which I can say that the Bloomington Police Department did just that. I love how even the Asian Culture Center jumped right in, you know, and supporting the student and supporting her family. And I think I said, go back to those very strong bonds and collaborations to say, how can we support you? It's it's almost a very sensitive thing. You don't want to overwhelm someone. You want to give that person space to heal. So I will say, I think with it being ongoing investigation and those types of things, you have to kind of tread lightly uh, because you don't want to be the person that screws something up. And you also don't want to be the person that that doesn't take into account that these are real people. I'm not sure if you are familiar with the After Hours Ambassador, Charles Cope. No, I don't think I am. Okay. So Charles is a really neat guy. (laughs) When I talk about safety, I like to also bring up Charles because he is someone who is also within kind of that split range of both community and campus. Not that he goes on campus, but his role focuses on downtown Bloomington. He is the after hours ambassador, appropriately named because he works after City Hall closes. So he is actually downtown assisting people who may need help in the moment. It's not, you know, an ultimate emergency where the police or someone needs to be called, but he's there just in case that needs to happen. And that is just one way that the city of Bloomington helps implement safety measures to make sure we can avoid things um, and it don't and it doesn't have to escalate. And I think that's like really amazing for our city and our community that we think about these things in layers. Like, yeah, we close at five. What what good does that do? You know, not every situation calls for a police officer or or an ambulance. We may just need somebody to kind of like fill those gap areas. So we have an amazing set of people kind of just in those roles like social uh, workers for the police station that if I'm having a moment of a mental 
situation. They're there to talk to you and just kind of understand. And I think that is really important and it helps make a lot of other people work efficient and it's and it's better, like I said, overall for the community. Yeah, it's really interesting that Bloomington has the after hours ambassador position. Mm-hmm. Like I think that just seems a bit unique. Yeah. And yeah, and definitely a step in the right direction. So is does Charles have the ability to like is he like kind of a consultant too? Like he tells the government, like, well, okay, this is what you should do, given oh. what I see. <laughs> I don't know what Charles considers himself as. He's actually a really funny guy if you ever get to know him, um, which makes him the perfect after hours ambassador because he's so personable. Um, but he does bring back information. And sometimes information can be like, oh my gosh, y'all, you know, this place is closing down. But he also brings back information to say, hey, a lot of people frequent you know, this alley between two businesses because it's, you know, between, you know, getting to places they want to eat and getting to the garage and it's easier, we probably should put, you know, some type of street lights down here so that, that it's a lit pathway. Mm-hmm. So just having somebody who has eyes on the ground and is, and is you know, using the same routes that community members are using often and seeing patterns and trends, extremely helpful. Um, again, you're, you're increasing safety guidelines and for things that people may have not thought about. So I think that his position is perfect. You know, like I said, implementing some of these things that a lot of us don't get to see or experience on a often basis. Like, so I always tell people like, Hey, if you're downtown, go look for Charles. He has yeah. a city of Bloomington, something he's, he's always smiling. He's always happy to talk to you and chat with you. Um, I think one of the things that you mentioned was like connecting students with the community. Right. But what about connecting the community to the fact that they have this ginormous university uh, in their midst? Yeah, I will say I always tell people, you know, we live in a college town, but not everybody went to college. So there is kind of this stigma that some of these spaces are scary, which I absolutely understand. City Hall, for instance, sometimes is scary. And I always tell people if I didn't work there, I probably would have never stepped foot in City Hall or could tell you where it was. So, yeah, I always try to, like I said, implement uh, that collaboration piece to say, oh, the city of Bloomington is also partnering with IU on this and they're having this event on campus. You should come. And it sometimes just takes a little bit of, you know, persuasion to say, oh, okay, this isn't geared towards students, which I know that can also be lost in translation. Again, like I said, that's kind of across the board. So for the kickoff or the Asian American Culture Center, or excuse me, Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, it's very easy for someone to think that, well, I don't identify as Asian, Asian American or Pacific Islander. So maybe this isn't for me. I don't want to intrude. I don't want to, you know, go into a space where I'm not welcome. Well, obviously that's not the case. And I think we have to continuously, because Bloomington is so transit and we always get new people, continuously iterate. You are welcome here. You are invited. We want you to come so you can learn and get firsthand experience. Like that's that's step one of being an ally and an advocate it's just kind of learning and, you know, being connected. I'm sure you, you're familiar with the the phrase, come sit at the table or right. tables. Yeah. That, I despise those phrases. I'm like, there are so many tables and some of these tables have been built since the beginning of time. You should go to that table. We don't need any more new tables built until you go visit these other tables and start to get the information because people who identify as those groups and people who, you know, have that source of information or expert matters, you need to go learn from them. And I think that's, you know, again, important for everyone. uh, Yeah, I think 
from at least from the student perspective, one of the things that came out of I guess the bus attack was just mm-hmm. uh, a sense of feeling that there's definitely like a great rift between the community mm-hmm. and Indiana uh, University. So um, I, I think anything that can be done to really bridge that gap is oh yeah great. Absolutely. And I always try to invite students to say, hey, you know, you can also apply to be on a commission. You know, this is for all community members. We want your input and the commissions are a great starter step to say, you know, get into something that you're interested and passionate about. And you can also engage influence. And I find that that is the best way of promoting things. You know, I can write press releases and put stuff on Facebook all day long, but it won't reach the people who you want to, you know, really engage. And that's why I try to go to these events and say, oh, you're interested in that? Like I was asking you, Ming, like, what are you interested in? I will find you something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you yourself will go to your friends like, hey, I'm doing this. I want you all to come to this. And then slowly but surely you will start to see you know, more student engagement on this end and more community engagement on that end. Like I said, it it just really takes those few, you know, people to really get things going. I will say a lot of the faculty and staff that I've met at Indiana University have done a tremendous job in making sure their students come off campus and get engaged so they can find those other opportunities and start networking outside of what they know. So, yeah, it's all about how you access information and who you bring with you. Um, Could you actually talk a bit about what commissions are? I wasn't too clear on that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So commissions are essentially extensions of the city. They are made up of community members. So anyone can be put on a commission through a couple of different channels. The primary channels is that they either come in as a mayoral um, seat or a city council seat. In order to be on a commission, all you need to do is go to the City of Bloomington website and you can just put in the search bar commissions and all of the commissions will come up. One of the best ways to get direct community input, um, the commissions hold X amount of seats. So it could be anywhere five or more seats. Um, And we try to be as diverse as possible. So that's why people put in applications and they will interview with those uh, respective sources, either the mayor's office or the city council, just kind of be asked a few questions like, why are you interested? You know, what would you like to see happen with this commission or with the community? And it's pretty, it's a pretty simple process, I will say. And then once you are appointed as a commissioner, you essentially attend monthly meetings. And in those monthly meetings, you meet with other community members who have also been appointed to that particular commission. Um, As a role as the liaison, I keep up with your minutes, your agendas, and I help communicate, you know, the wants of the commissions back to the city. And every commission works different. Some commissions focus on grants or other things. (laughs) And they relay that information, you know, back to me as their city liaison. I'm in those meetings with them and they follow proper rules of order. So again, they and all commission meetings are op- open to the public. So anyone can come. You don't have to be on the commission to um, attend a meeting and also give input. But the commission votes if they're going to support something or they want to put out a press release, you know, supporting, you know, anti-Asian hate or Black Lives Matter, what have you. The Commission on Status of Black Males have the Outstanding Black Leader of Tomorrow Awards, which wasn't something that was highly celebrated in this community because 
uh, Bloomington is roughly less than 4% black. And we weren't seeing a lot of black and brown community members being highlighted for their achievements and efforts. Um, and so this commission created that. Again, the commission essentially is like, let's look at these gaps. Let's look what's going on. And it could be on a national and local level. And then, like I said, as that city liaison, I help support them by saying, okay, this is what we can do. I'm going to help you execute this program. I'm going to secure a venue. I'm going to help you put out the press release. I'm going to help you get the awards. I'm going to help you get the sponsorships. I'm going to do all these things. And that's kind of how we just produce all this other great programming. It is community led. It is community thought of. That's the best part about being, you know, an engagement community. It's not just someone like me sitting in an office and saying, oh, we should do this idea. It's no, what is it that you would like to do? What is what is it that you know I'm missing? Because I have a completely different outlook of how I live in Bloomington versus how you live in Bloomington, right. um, which is really great. So like I said, we love to have students on there because that adds into the diversity of how are you feeling <laughs> about the bike lane? <laughs> Or is, you know, something we're missing because we're only capable of doing so much and seeing so much. But we definitely rely a lot on community members and our collaborators to get a lot of things done. I know a few students are kind of in that realm, at least on what they're studying at IU. Um, And I think more can be done to like let students know that there is that availability to uh, have a voice in the community. Yeah, like I said, it comes back down to how do you get your information? Um, And I said, I found the best way for me is to attend on-campus events and just start up a conversation and say, oh, that's really cool. I'm glad to learn that about you. You should check out this. That's been my best way. I've I've tried the internet, social media channels, but I'm like, they change too much. Um, So I guess just kind of wrapping up with our time, but what are some other initiatives that are going on like at city government, especially if it's going to impact students? Oh, wow. Well, right now um, we are actually a few days away from early election. We are a few days from the primary. So that means we will be getting an entire new mayoral um, administration. I always encourage students and honestly, just generally anybody do your research, you know, who is the mayor of this city really impacts, you know, how things are going to go. These folks are representing, you know, groups of the community. And I think it's important that these groups of the community have a say in who they would like to see in those positions. Again, that's why I will say that's the biggest (laughs) thing as far as kind of coming up, like I said, the primary elections for both the mayoral, the city clerk and, um, city council, um, because these folks also do great collaboration with IU campus and they do great collaboration with some of these big businesses and great collaboration with the county. And all of these things are really important for the health of the community, as well as the health of the students, because, you know, you're going to be engaged with them one way or another, even if you're aware of it or not. Other big things that are coming up, obviously, we're in the Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. But yeah, there's just a lot when you kind of get to the end of the year. And then, of course, we have the like the little five week, which impacts everyone. So um, and that looks very different year to year. So, yeah, there's a lot of great things coming down the pipeline. I would encourage you to get signed up for city newsletters. You know, I would encourage you to pick up other sources of information. There are great um, sources outside of 
you know, the IDS. And I think the IDS is a great source of information, but you have the Herald Times, you have the B Square Beacon, you have the Bloomingtonian, and these are other great news sources as well as I know Facebook is kind of outdated, but Facebook as well, um, because they hold a lot of the city uh, Facebook pages, obviously, as well as a Twitter page. And the city also does their own press releases, just kind of stick into what's kind of going on. And even if you can't make, you know, city council meetings or commission meetings, um, Cats TV is also a great resource because you can always go back and look at those things. Um, Candidate forums, programs, uh, most of those are always recorded. And then also just stop by City Hall. Anything to get students more involved, I think, is absolutely. And we would actually like to see more diversity stay in Bloomington. That would be like the ultimate goal of mine, just to see more people who come through here who have fallen in love with this place, because that was my story. And I just kind of want people to also have that same experience. Yeah. So thank you, Toya, for being on this podcast and telling me about like Bloomington and kind of what you're being what you're involved with. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hereabouts Asian American Midwest Radio. Hereabouts is produced by WFHB Community Radio and Indiana University's Asian Culture Center. We ask critical questions about identity, culture, community, and shared assumptions. We air every other Wednesday from 5.30 to 6.30 in the evening. Please stay tuned for our episodes in the future. And this is Bing Wang, and thank you. And I hope you enjoyed this week's episode.